Stand and let's read from Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they had came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, because he was a just man, because he wasn't quick to act, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, that had to have caught his attention, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. It's one he's been in love with all of his life. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and exhibited incredible self-control and did not know her till, key word, till, till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. And Father, this morning, may your word find good soil within our hearts. Lord, as we think about, Lord, as we look at these incredible truths here, Lord, may your word find good soil in our hearts, that fruit would be born right here this morning, right today. So Lord, please just bless our time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. (coughs) So when you think of the Christmas story, who's the number one player? Who's the second player? Who always gets last billing? Joseph. He's always third. Joseph never gets in the top two spots. But his manner of life and how he obeyed the voice of God in his life, he was certainly one who lived by faith, faith in such a radical way that I could see where God could have easily placed him in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you'll see it. I mean, he was one man who lived by faith. And he never wavers. At least the Bible doesn't record it. But, you know, you can make up your mind as we go over this chapter and into chapter 2, and you'll see that it's true. Last week, we looked at Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus that God was going to use to bring in his son into this world. And this week, we're going to look at two things. We're going to seek to develop the character qualities of Big Joe that he possessed as he is in this whole narrative of the birth scene of Jesus. 
And we're going to really see it from Joseph's eyes. Qualities that you and I need present in our lives as we view these things in Joseph. But then secondly, there are some great truths that are only right here in the New Testament scriptures that we're going to see about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So first off, I believe Joseph was God's man for being the stepfather of Jesus, not just because he was a man, but because he was a man, a just man, and because of the manner in which he lived his life. You'll see that. Verse 18, after the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Here's Mary. So how old was Mary? The safe answer is nobody knows. However, 14 to 16 would be a good age. Some would place her even younger. So she's a teenager. And we read here that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. This is not engagement. Engagement would or could have happened when the parents of Joseph and Mary arranged the marriage. It's very common that they could have known each other for a long time. Joseph could have watched Mary develop into a woman. So this is step one, engagement. Just, But it's not engagement like what you and I think today. It's just arranged marriage. The next part in Jewish wedding would be that of being betrothed which made the previous engagement that had paired maybe from years ago, it's now legal and binding. And during this time of being betrothed or during this time of betrothal, the only way you could get out of it was if you could get a divorce. And back then you could get a divorce pretty easy. But during this time of being betrothed, they lived in separate houses. The bride would be at her home waiting for the groom to come. The betrothal period was plus or minus a year. So she would be there. They're, they're betrothed. That, that part has happened. She's here waiting. She knows it's going to happen. No doubt she could see the activity, you know. All of a sudden they got the, the fattened ox. It's like they've never brought a fattened ox to roast before. You know, the cokes are coming, the tents. All these things are being set up. And she looks, no doubt she could look and go, wow, there's something happening over there. Maybe he's getting close to come. Just like you and I, as we look at the things that are happening in this world, we can tell Jesus is getting close to come. Jesus said, when you see these things that begin to happen, look up. Your redemption is, is, draws near. So the Jewish wedding is very similar to what Jesus said. Look, I'm the, bride, I'm the groom, you're the bride. We're already in that betrothed period. Be ready, I'm coming for you. That's why we read here, before they came together. Betrothed before the wedding night meant they had had no sexual intercourse. And yet it says, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So all of us have to step into this scene to understand what's going on here. You know, it seems like people getting, having sex outside of marriage or even having babies. One third of all babies born in the U.S. are outside of marriage. It's probably even higher now. That's pretty common. Back then, it was punishable by death. So we have to step into Joseph's shoes here. Jesus was born of a woman that he might be fully man, but not by man. That would have gave him a sinful nature like you and me. So Mary's conception here came to be as the Holy Ghost placed life in her womb. Thus, Jesus was also fully God. 
There was, there was no act of sex that took place here like the cults think, especially, sorry to say this, the Mormons. That's what they believe. They may say they don't. Look, I have the book. Back in 46, they wrote about it. So fully human, born of a virgin, and fully God as the Holy Ghost places life in Mary's virgin womb. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband. See that? Husband by name only. But that, that's because they're in this betrothed period. It, it, was, it was so sacred. But the wedding hadn't happened. The marriage had not took place yet. Mary, who legally was already married, was waiting for Joe to come, like I said. And that's what Joseph is struggling with. Before they came together, before Joseph came and took Mary home to his house to consummate the marriage, she's found with child of the Holy Ghost. Could you imagine that? It's never happened before. No, honey, it's not what you think. God did it. See, when we step into this, it's like, yeah, right. You know, for us, we know the events that surrounded Jesus' birth. We have the account. It's no problem for us. But as you and I jump into the crowd here with Joseph and Mary, and Mary is claiming she's still a virgin, but she's pregnant by God. Well, honey, I know this is going to sound hard to believe, but... Would you have a hard time believing it? I mean, be honest. How many people do you think believed her? Not many. Not many even believed her after the child was born. We looked at it last week. They called Jesus born in fornication. He was an illicit child. People knew that. Mary lived with this her entire life. Something that was disgraceful back then. I don't even think we can imagine in our day and age what life must have been like for young Mary and Joseph, unless, unless, unless for today, this, this is the only way I think we can imagine it, that, that you are known pedophiles. That's the only way I think we can, it's like, ah, oh, that's what it was back then for being pregnant outside of marriage. And yet here's Mary trying to say, no, 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 I wasn't unfaithful, Joseph. The Holy Ghost came upon me and somehow placed life in me, I I didn't have sex with anyone. As Mary is seeking to communicate to Joseph, what's happened? It's one she's betrothed to. Now, if we step into Joe's shoes for a moment and take a look into Luke's gospel, we might be able to maybe understand why he's really struggling here. So hold your spot here. We'll come right back. Go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Elizabeth, Mary's relative, has conceived in her old age. Her child will be John the Baptist. Luke 1.26, now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of whom the house of, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Very common name in the day. 
He'll be great and be called son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to, this, to the angel, she's not doubting, she's asking for a detail here. How can this be? Since I don't know a man. Pretty simple question. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is be, to be born in you will be called son, the Son of God. And she, she goes, okay, she's fine with that. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the main servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. She's fine with it. She came in, and the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now, we don't know what city she went to other than it was in the hill country in Judah. Quite possibly, it's Hebron. So if you flip to your back of your Bible real quick and look at that Bible map, if you look southwest of the Sea of Galilee, you're going to find Nazareth. If you drop three plus inches on that map, you're going to find Hebron. You'll definitely find Judea or Judah. I don't know how it's going to be worded in your Bible. And you're going to realize, wow, that's a long travel. It's not like Mary got on a train, you know, and said, hey, take me down to the hill country, you know. So why am I making a big deal out of this? Out of this distance. This, this is my personal opinion here. We, we can all disagree. I, I, I try not to do it. But I also believe I have some Bible to back me up. I believe somewhere between Mary's house, after she received this word from the angel, and by the time she gets to Hebron a week later, she's pregnant. She's got to travel 80 miles. It's going to take her at least a week. Somewhere the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary. Maybe when she was sleeping, I don't know and places life in a room, just like the angel announced her, I think. Look back at verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Somewhere that had to have taken place. I have two places to look for some type of proof that Mary is quite possibly pregnant by the time she reaches her relative's house after this seven-day journey from Nazareth. So we don't really know what happened. Hey, Joe, got to go. Got to go see my, uh, my relative. And she takes off. Did she even have to tell him? She just takes off. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with what? Say it. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Okay, so what does God want us to know that Elizabeth is filled with before she speaks? Someone tell me. Say it. It's right there. It's not, I'm not trying to trick you. The Holy Spirit. Okay, we all see that? Then Elizabeth spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is a verb. Both places, same word. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Both of them are in the perfect tense passive voice. Doesn't mean anything to you and me until we actually look into the dictionaries and see what it means. Passive voice means you're the recipient of something. So that's obvious. Yeah, she's going she's gonna to receive this. 
But perfect tense, well, this is the biblical definition of perfect tense. The perfect tense in English describes an action which is viewed as having been completed in the past, once and for all, never needing to be repeated. See, the way this reads, she's already pregnant. Blessed is the past tense fruit of your womb that you've received from an outside source. Of course, it was the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 42. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? It's kind of weird if she's not pregnant yet, don't you think? Now, I could be way wrong here. But this kind of helps me with, to see why Big Joe's having a hard time believing this. If you're still in Luke 1, look down to uh, verse 56. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Took Mary a week to travel down to Judea. She's been there three months. Another week back, she's been gone three and a half months. It's been three and a half months since the angel came to Mary and said, hey, behold, you're going to bear a child as a virgin. So how long did God wait before she got life placed in her? A week? Two weeks? A month? Three months? See, either the Holy Ghost overshadowed her on the trip to Elizabeth, or while she was there, or on the way back, or while she's back home. Take your pick. But Mary's pregnant. And Joe says, um, Mary, you know, you put on a few pounds when you went up to Elizabeth's house. You know, what's going on here? And she says, that's uh, not what you think. You know, yeah, I've been gone for three and a half uh, months, but nothing immoral happened, but I am pregnant. What would you think? Come on, be honest here. Step into the shoot. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, how do we get that divorce? I mean, that's what's going through his mind. Three and a half months of absence. Hey, can I call you on the cell phone? Nope, no cell phones back then. <laughs> How about the, uh, what's that thing called? Um, no, no, in the Western movies. Telegraph. Telegraph or uh, Morse code or any of that stuff. No, 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 they didn't have any of that. She's been gone three and a half months. I, if we're honest, we'd have a hard time with that. If we knew the time distance between John the Baptist and Jesus' birth, well, then we could really figure out and prove when she got pregnant. But we, can't, we don't because we don't know the time difference. All we have is a three-and-a-half-month time span where Joe has not seen his woman, and he is heartbroken. Hey, let's face it. Mary was the best catch in the entire country. Godly on the inside, godly on the outside. No doubt she is beautiful in every way, shape, and form. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. And we want to learn from him right here, team. And not wanting to make her a public example. He was minded to put her away secretly. Oh, he's going to put her away. And again, if we step into Joe's shoes for a moment, first we see he was a just man. And just men and just women live a certain way. He was not impulsive. The law said she should be stoned. That, that does not even enter this man's mind. Mary was unfaithful, so he's going to divorce her, but he's going to do it secretly or quietly. And he does so, so he wouldn't bring shame on her name. 
this woman that he loved. See, we see this just man lived with extreme compassion and mercy when wronged. You want the world around you to see Jesus in you? Yeah, when you are wronged, exhibit compassion and mercy, and they're going to go, wait, that's not humanly possible. What is it? Well, let me tell you. Before I came to Christ, tell me, trust me, it wouldn't be like this. But Jesus came into my, and you get to preach the gospel to him. See, these are qualities we've all got to possess when somebody wrongs us. Like I said, the stoning of Mary does not enter Joseph's mind. Compassion and mercy does. Now, Joe, filled with compassion and mercy towards the one who has hurt him, is thinking through his options. He's not reacting. Last night, LinkedIn. James chapter 1, verse, I don't know, 18, 19. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. That, that's God's heart for us. Now, Joe, filled with compassion and mercy towards the one who has hurt him, he's pondering, he's thinking through his options here. He's living out this compassion and mercy towards the one closest to him. And as he's doing that, verse 30, while he thought about these things rather than reacting, he thought about them and team, it gave God time to work. And as he thought about them, it gave God time room and it gave God time to put some options out here. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Heavenly appearance, one of four, to Joseph. Big Joe, who's really the quiet one in the birth of Jesus, is going to have the angel of the Lord appear to him four times and make radical, obedient steps before he passes off the scene. We don't know when he died. We know he died before Jesus was crucified. But while Joseph thought about these things, I wonder if he's asking God how he should put her away. Yet at the same time, he's troubled in his heart with putting her away. He's not acting on his feelings or his emotions. You know those things that will lead you astray 100% of the time when it comes to your spiritual life? He chooses not to react to the circumstances of life that's giving God options to influence and to lead and to guide his actions here. You know, I wonder if he was thinking about Proverbs 3, 5. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lord, I want to trust in you with all my heart. Lord, I don't want to lean on my own understanding here. But Lord, in all my... On my waist, Lord, I want to look to you, and you're going to direct my steps. Lord, I don't know what to do, but I know I have to do something. You know, please understand that the dream that came to Big Joe when he thought about these things, it's because he didn't act. He's thinking. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, no doubt that caught his attention. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. As the angel testifies as to how Mary got pregnant. Notice, no discussion, no conversation, no what? Seriously? None of that. So how do you think Joe felt after the dream? I, I think after this dream, totally stoked would be my first answer. I mean, he loved her. He wanted to believe her. I mean, she was the best catch of the day. At least that's what God thought. But this thing, he just couldn't get past it. No doubt he had to go back to Mary and say, sorry, honey, I was wrong. 
for not believing you. Please forgive me. More angel, or more info from the angel, verse 21. She'll bring forth a son, Big Joe, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Three great truths here. It's all going to happen this way, Big Joe. First of all, she's going to have a son, so get busy and paint that room blue, okay? We already know that. And you shall call his name Jesus. One of the most common names in his day. And see, that's why Jesus was known as Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. I'm sure there was a Jesus of Dan and a Jesus of, uh, of Hebron and a Jesus of Bethlehem. This was Jesus of Nazareth. The word Jesus means Joshua or Jesus in the Greek or Yahashua in the Hebrew language, which means Yahashua is salvation. Jesus is salvation. That's what the name means. The third great promise the angel tells Big Joe is, and he will save his people from their sins. Well, amen on that. Ooh, that's exciting. Right? Come on, really? Like, that's good news here. All over the world, Jesus has his people. And this is Jesus' purpose in coming to him, to save us for our sins. Because see, all sin pays out at the end is what? It's death. What do the lost around us need to be saved from? They need to be saved from their sin. Because if they don't, they're going to die and be eternally separated from God. So who's going to reach them? It's our heritage. You are. I am. Those that God has placed around us. It's our, it's our mandate. If I don't care, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, have a nice trip. You're going to die in your sins. Yeah, you're not going to be saved because I'm not going to tell you. We would never want to admit that, but the reality is the reason we don't share is because we don't care. Oh, no, I care. Well, then share. Well, you care more about yourself than you do the person. It's critical. He saved us to use us, not to keep us. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah some 700 plus years earlier, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Matthew quotes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. In 200 BC, 70 Jewish scholars translated the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures into the Greek language called the Septuagint. And they used a Greek word here for virgin that could only mean virgin, period. It's so, it's so defined. It wasn't like, well, she wasn't a virgin, then she had kids. No, th this word that's used here can only mean virgin. That's it. There's no, there's no loopholes here. It wouldn't be a sign or any great miracle if a young woman conceived and bore a son but a virgin bearing a son is a mighty miracle, unheard of, not by God. And that's what we saw in Luke's gospel when Gabe was telling Mary how she was going to conceive and bear a son. It wasn't sexual intercourse, like some like to teach. No, this was all supernatural. This was all God. The birth of Jesus Christ was not going to be by the work of man, but by the power of God. So Jesus was fully human in Mary's womb, but fully God. 
Because Mary would still be a virgin after delivery. You know, we can let the scoffer scoff team, but if God can speak this world into existence, what's so hard of a feat for him to make a woman pregnant? Not hard at all. Had Jesus been born of a sinful father as Joseph was, how could Jesus have possessed a sinless nature? The answer is he couldn't. Not possible at all. In simple terms, and this is about as simple as I can make it, we could say Mary was just the carrier of life that God somehow placed in her womb. And boom, here comes Jesus, the God-man. Now, and for educational purposes only, Mary did not stay a virgin all her life. People are mistaken here. And you need to know this because there's people that around you that may be mistaken and they're banking all of their eternity on a misconceived religious system. So Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Just You should mark it in your Bible. There's so many places to look at. In Mark chapter 6, verse 3, Speaking of Jesus, the people there are going like, hey, we know this guy. We grew up with him. Here's what they say. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joses, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they're offended at him. And they're offended at him because they knew where he came from, or so they thought. This is not brothers and sisters like, you know, Julie's my sister and Barry's my brother. That's what they use for excuse. And, and for proof of that, there's another verse where it says, Jesus' brothers were with them and his disciples. Two totally different groups of people. Unbelieving brothers and believing disciples. Back to verse 23. Did you notice what the little boy's name is to be in verse 23 that is yet to be born? His name is Emmanuel which is translated God with us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel is a special name for Jesus. Like I said, only place right here in the New Testament. We find it twice in the Old Testament, both in the book of Isaiah. This wasn't just a baby born 2,000 years ago. This was God, so in love with his creation that he not only was found in the appearance of a man, but he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This Emmanuel is our Jesus, like the angel proclaimed, which is why each one of us must be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, proving he was God. This Emmanuel is God who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own peculiar, own peculiar people, zealous for good works. That's our Emmanuel here. And he purified us as he would be the one who would forgive us of all of our sin, just like the angel told Big Joe. It's washed away. Emmanuel is he who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. Emmanuel is the Christ who suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. And that doesn't do something in me. It's got to. If I'm born again, those truths have got to do something in my heart. It's got to. 
Simply put, Jesus was born to die for our sins and rise again from the dead. That you and I could have life. And abundantly and eternally. The evidence for who Jesus is is overwhelming, team. I mean, there's another Old Testament prophecy about this little child. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name singular. It's not names. No, because the names of God are so many, they wrote a whole book about it. And his name will be called Wonderful, comma, Counselor, comma, Mighty God, comma, Everlasting Father, comma, Prince of Peace, comma. I mean, that's who our Jesus is, the one who died for us. This is not just a prophecy about a little baby born, but it's one of God becoming flesh and dwelling among his people, Emmanuel. It's right here. It's so clear. It's like, what do we, we can't erase it like some would like to. You know, we sing the song, he came from heaven to earth to show the way from the, or he came from heaven to earth, yeah, to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. Who is that? Who is that? Yeah, Jesus. He's, a, he's, he's the God man. 100% man, 100% God, born of a virgin. Where God became man and took on human form to this earth that he created because he loved us. He realized we had this death sentence on us. And the only way that that death sentence could be taken away is if a perfect human came, walked, lived, died, and offered up his life for the sins of the world. It's the only way. That was the only offering that would be accepted by God Almighty. So you and I, we need to think on daily what God has done for us, team. Remember the woman in Luke chapter 7, verse like 37, 47, somewhere right around there? She's washing his feet, using her hair, using her tears. Jesus says about that woman, to her who has forgiven much, loves much. Tell the person beside you, he loves you much. (laughs) I believe when we don't, I believe when we realize what Jesus has done for us, it'll cause us to live differently. You know, when we realize he's loved us, our response back is to love him. Character trait number three in Joseph's life that we need to check out, it's in verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. I believe this character trait is the one that's most lacking in too many Christians' lives today. You see it? It starts with the D, ends with the D, has a vowel in the middle of it. You got to do it. I mean, this word did is crucial for you and I as we live out our lives seeking to make any type of impact on this world. See, Joseph acted upon what he had been told. We saw it again last night in James chapter 1. He Joseph was a doer of the word. You want to see if you're maturing in the Lord? Then look over the coming week and see how many of these qualities of Joseph's life that you put into practice to where you become a doer of the word of God. God wants us to be blessed. He says in James that those who look into the perfect law of liberty, which is God's word, and are doers of the word, they will be blessed in all that they do. I mean, who doesn't want that? No, I don't. No, God, please don't bless me. That's what God wants to do in our lives. See, to learn and know this morning is one thing. To do is our response back to God. 
God's desire for you and me is that we would be a doer of his word and be totally blessed by God for doing it. The fourth and fifth qualities we can see from Joseph's life are found in verse 25. Joseph did not know her. In other words, Joseph did not consummate the marriage with Mary until after Mary, after Jesus was born. He did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. It's like we made the case. The virgin birth was critical to God's plan. So this is incredible self-control quality number four for for Big Joe. Lying beside his wife, awaiting those days of birth until the baby was born. He lies there and keeps his hands off of his beautiful wife. Incredible self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And see, that's why it says, he did not know her till. See that four-letter word there? That tells me Mary was not a virgin all her life. He did not know her till. That tells me there was, they, they had something going on. That, they had sex. They made babies. So I'm sorry, my Catholic friends. But we can't erase it away. There's too many records. Mary was not a virgin her, her whole life. The fifth quality is similar to the third, but this one we're going to call obedience, and he called his name Jesus. Both mom and dad were told to call this baby to be born by the name of Jesus, and that's exactly what they did. They followed through on what was given to them. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to follow through on what's given to us. You know, we read our Bible, he speaks to us, we follow through. I don't have to worry about what Barry's reading and I don't have to worry about what my wife's reading. I only have to worry about what I'm reading and what God speaks to me. Then I need to be responsible for that. Five great lessons to learn from Joseph's life here. And then kind of, and then walk it out, put it on and practice it. Lesson one, he doesn't react. He's compassionate. He's merciful. Especially when he's wronged. Lesson two, he's a sincere seeker of God's will even when he's in a tight spot. He wants to know God's heart. Lesson three, he did it. Joseph was a faithful doer of the word when God spoke to him. There is not one spot, like I said, we don't see him waver anywhere. And his obedience will be critical in the next chapter, so my encouragement is read ahead. Lesson four, incredible self-control as God guides him through life. Lesson five, obedience to God's word at all costs. Even if it meant calling your son one of the most common names of the day. But their baby, this baby, truly was Jesus. Yahushua is salvation. That's who he was. That's why he came. To save us from our sins. To save us from death. That's why he came. Something that we could never do by ourselves. He did it all for us. That's why it says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest man boast. Jesus did all of this for us. And it's a gift that he's given us. You know, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. Hey, love is a verb. It requires activity. Father, we're thankful for all that you want to do in our lives. And Lord, as we would consider everything that you've done for us and saving us and calling us and choosing us and 